This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680 CJOB. Happy Thursday, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the show. Cam Poitras here, Jim Toe. Jim, how you doing? Is it? Is it a happy Thursday? Um, it's a Thursday. I, I'm it's good, Thursday. thank you. I'm good. I'm uh, just hearing from several of Jets Nation that it's... I, I don't know if it's... I, I'm a little surprised, Cam, to be honest yeah. with you, at the reaction of the report from Pierre Lebrun and Darren Dreger sharing and all the insiders that we're going to have uh, our good friend David Pignat on right away about because I kind of... I guess a lot of people kind of knew that this yeah. could happen, that he, he wouldn't be back. I think it's a different angle when he doesn't want to be back. Yeah, and we're going to continue to discuss that as the show goes on. We're going to have lots of time. Please text the show, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. would love to get your guys' thoughts uh, on the situation uh, about Pierre-Luc Dubois. And, of course, the report, if you were just joining us, um, uh, Pierre Lebrun, NHL insider, uh, put out the information yesterday that uh, Pierre Luc Dubois' agent, uh, Pat Brisson, has informed the organization um, that, uh, and when I say the organization, I mean the Winnipeg Jets, that he does not intend to, uh, to sign long term. Uh, he is it is not his intention as well to sign a one year bridge deal that will take him to UFA. Uh, the preference is, is that he would find somewhere else to go. Uh, next season. What that looks like, not too sure. But bringing on uh, the editor-in-chief as well as an insider as well uh, of the fourthperiod.com, uh, David Pignata joining us. Uh, David, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Oh, always always a pleasure. S- seat by the pool for this interview, I hope? <laughs> uh, it's it's about to storm. Um, so I, actually, it's raining right now. So I'm, I'm under the cover here uh, getting a little bit of Getting a little bit of cover um, as I look at the at ocean and the beach. Uh, thunderstorms <laughs> in Florida. I don't know if I can buy that one, David. I don't think that happens there. <laughs> It'll be, you know what? Clear skies in about 45 minutes from now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the, the news with, with Pierre-Luc Dubois coming out uh, yesterday. I mean, this was something that very similar to what we heard last year. I mean, it was during the playoffs last year as well that sort of the first sort of um, idea that that Pierre Luc Dubois was not going to sign long term with the Winnipeg Jets was sort of released. Uh, he goes on to accept a qualifying offer of six million dollars from the Jets, um, and then it's kind of brought us to the situation here today. So, what are your sort of initial thoughts on on the news? Uh, not surprised. Um, this, I mean, I think my understanding is the writing was basically on the wall once the season wrapped up, and with some of the other potential changes that the Jets are expected to make this offseason or at the very least entertain the possibility of, you know, moving other guys like Shifley, Wheeler, Hellebuck. Um, it, he kind of escalated his approach and they let, they let the Jets know recently, uh, relatively recently, that it's, it's time to move on. Um, so, I mean, you, you basically escalate those trade discussions because there were some teams that have already expressed interest in Pierre-Luc Dubois and, and trying to get things um, I guess percolating even more this off season, but now with the full indication that he's not willing to even sign the one-year deal to take him to UFA status next summer, um, it, it changes the dynamic a, a little bit in terms of at least the, the trade negotiation side of things. Because now, for teams that have interest in acquiring him, 
they're really going to want to have some type of certainty that he's going to be willing to stay there long term. So in terms of the overall storyline, it doesn't really change things. But in terms of what the potential return is going to be, um, it affects the matter now that this is public that, you know, if, if you're acquiring Pierre-Luc Dubois, are we getting him for one year or are we going to potentially have him for six, seven, eight years? David, what are you hearing about? Because I want to get into what they could get and what a deal might look like. But what are you hearing about the push the Jets had to keep him? Because I'm looking at, like, everyone's looking at Montreal, and I get that. But I'm looking at the Suzuki and Cole Caulfield deal. I'm I'm looking at, you know, some potential of going somewhere else and what he could be looking at. I, I'm looking at the cap potentially going up in two years and, and the fact that if he he did play a year under uh, another year of, of his rights and then went to free agency, there might be more money out there. What kind of money or push, how big of a push did they do to try and keep him? Well, you know, I think there was the attempt to convince him to stay long-term was certainly there. Okay. Um, I, I just, the pushback wasn't. I, or, or there was pushback, rather. I mean, the, the feeling, we all know, especially now, wasn't mutual. So as much as Chevy and, and the staff tried to make things work to have him stick around, um, you know, for the foreseeable future, five years, whatever it may be, I mean, the, the, the response was, was typically the same. Uh, let's, let's see where things go. Let's see how the season progresses. Let's see how the future looks and so on and so forth. And now you're at a position now where it, you're basically just – um, you're handcuffed at this point, unfortunately for, um, you know, for, for the Jets situation. Again, it, it's not, it, it's not, a, it, the, the difficulty in this process isn't trying to trade Pierre-Luc Dubois. It's trying to maximize the return mm. and having an understand or the, the team trying to acquire him, having the understanding as to how long he'll be a member of their club for. So that's where things are going to get a little tricky in, in terms of making something happen. Now, certainly, Pat Brazon is going to be involved in this process, and you'd have to imagine that will assist um, whatever team tries to acquire him uh, and, and help, you know, facilitate this entire process. Uh, but I mean, it, it, it's a lot more complicated now that this is public than it was, you know, let's say a month ago. Yeah, I mean, it, for the Winnipeg Jets, I mean, it's it's kind of like if. If it's just Montreal and all the reports are, are true, that's where he wants to end up. I mean, it, it, this is kind of exactly what the what the Montreal Canadiens want, if that's the case. Because, you know, perhaps if there's some other teams involved, maybe you can, you know, start a bidding war or something like that. But if if this is if this is laser focused and it's it's got the blinders on and there's only one spot, I mean, the return is not gonna be anything spectacular. Right. Um, now, my understanding is there is a willingness to explore other options. Uh, to what extent and to, to what other teams, I'm not sure. I know Philadelphia has expressed interest in the past. Um, so that could potentially be a, an option if, if he's interested in going in that direction. A team that's going through a rebuild, they've already traded Provorov. They're going to trade Kevin Hayes. They're engaged in trade talks involving Carter Hart and Tony D'Angelo and, and a couple other players. So, you know, Philly is going to be active in going through their rebuilding process. Um, to bring in a, a kid versatile forward that's 24 or 25 um, could fit their mold a little bit. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they engage and that if there's a little bit of interest on, on his angle as well. And I got to suspect there are going to be other teams. I think this is going to be you know similar, and, and you can draw comparisons to the Matthew Kachuk in Calgary last season, where it wasn't strictly Florida. There were about four or five teams 
that they provided the Flames with at the time and then let them do their work. So I suspect that's going to be similar to what's happening here. As you said, no shock, no surprise. This isn't coming out of left field that he wants to be and would love to be a member of the Montreal Canadiens. But I think there are going to be other options in play here. And I agree with that because you brought up Matthew Kachuk and, and everybody thought he was going to St. Louis. Oh, he's from St. Louis. He wants to be a blue and he was highly considering that. And then, you know, Florida swept in. So that is what possible return, regardless of the scenario. And I know it's different, David, if it's a one year sort of RFA last year of restricted rights, or if it's uh, we'll go here and sign long term, those are different packages. But what kind of a deal do you think he will garner for the Jets? I mean, he's, he's a heck of a player, certainly, um, from a power forward perspective and, and putting up a career high in 63 points last year in 70-odd games. Um, the, the interest is without question there. Um, and, and the return is going to be, you know, it's going to be respectful. It, this isn't going to be a scenario where you're moving up here, Luke Dubois, and you're getting, um, it's really the storm is really going here. I don't know if you could hear that. but Yeah, I did, uh, actually. Stay <laughs> safe. If this was a soccer game, I'd pull you off the pitch. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. It, we got a little downforce situation, which is, I mean, unfortunate for the people out there. Um, look, with going with respect to the return. I, look, this is going to be a hockey type of deal. You're going to be getting talent for talent. Now, whether you're getting top echelon talent in return, I mean, that that's going to come down to which teams are basically going to be part of that mix. Um, but you know, I've got to imagine that you're looking at, you know, you're getting a top six guy as part of a package in return that has some controllability as part of a deal. Now, whether it's one-for-one, one, whether it's a larger type of package similar to what we saw with Kachuk and going to Florida and, and moving out, I, I think that's the preference. But again, it's going to come down to what other teams are part of this mix beyond the Montreal Canadiens, for example, and then have a clearer indication as to where, where to go from here. We've got the draft coming up in a few weeks, guys. I, I think you know, this is going to escalate relatively quickly. Um, but I think the return will certainly be respectful. Just before we let you go real quick, uh, David, just have a, 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 about 45 seconds left here, but I, I was watching you on, on NHL Network, and you're talking about uh, Connor Hellebuck uh, and yep. another player that's being, uh, that's being uh, you know, at least listened to at this point, and you know, what's going to happen still need to be determined here. Uh, but what are you hearing on Connor Hellebuck? Uh, well, another, I mean, look, another guy that's generating interest, uh, certainly, and, and, with with what the Jets have in place overall, from a you know core side of things, you know you look at what you, you look at Kyle Connor, you look at Josh Morrissey, uh, Nick Ehlers, and Cole Perfetti now part of that mix. Um, you, you look at this group. This team wants to stay and can stay competitive. Uh, so wh- whether it's the Dubois deal, whether it's they they end up deciding and Hellebuck decides that he wants to, you know, explore alternative options even with a year left on his deal. Um, they want to stay competitive. So this isn't going to be a scenario where, you know, you move out. I mean, Dubois is a separate situation because of RFA status. Um, you get a good return for him. But if you look at Hellebuck and what may happen there with him, with Shifley, with Wheeler, this is going to be a scenario where it's still hockey-type moves. You're looking at talent-for-talent talent, hockey trade. It, it may not be goalie-for-goalie goalie in this particular scenario, but there are teams that are looking at their goaltending position that have some money to be a little flexible. Los Angeles cleared up some cap space, even after getting, you know, Vladislav Gavrikov signed, they still have some flexibility. They need to figure out their goaltending position. Um, you know, similarly with, with 
Buffalo. We know that Carter Hart is out there. Um, you know, what's Toronto going to do with their goaltending position um, with the future uncertain with Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov at, at RFA status. So there are teams that are – Ottawa, another one, um, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh and so on. John Gibson is also out there. So I, I think over these next few weeks, we'll certainly hear more on the Hellebuck front. Um, I do believe they're going to explore what the market looks. Um, and, you know, we could be into another scenario where the goalie carousel gets – quite active this month leading into free agency. Yeah, it's going to be one heck of an offseason for the Winnipeg Jets. We're going to, Jim, we're going to be staying busy here. Yeah, we'll have you on uh, speed dial, David. And, <laughs> yeah. if you, and if you ever want to see some real good thunderstorms, come to southern Manitoba next time. Uh, oh, well, this is... Uh, it's an interesting one right now. Everybody's ducking for cover here. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Enjoy the game tonight. I appreciate Live this. weather reports here from uh, Southern yeah. Florida. David Pinata, editor in chief of the fourth period.com at HL Insider. David, always a pleasure, man. You take care. Okay. Talk soon. All right, you too, guys. Thank you. Let's, let's take a break. We're going to unpack this. Got a bunch of text messages from you guys. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Really want to get your guys' opinions on this. And we're going to give our thoughts and we're going to expand on this. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. And there he goes. See you, Bron. See you, Jeff. Keep Matt, it real. That guy runs out of the booth like no one I've ever seen before in my I, life. There's donuts in the newsroom. So oh, yeah. I didn't get that. Was, did they send out an email about that? No, that's just for the news people, not oh. us. But when there are, Jeff runs, even though he's got a bad wheel right now. Yeah. He's really limping around over the last yeah. little bit. He, uh, he sprained his ankle. Yeah. Was it grocery shopping? I forget. Turned his ankle somehow. I think he was like raking or something. Raking? Yeah. I don't know why he'd be raking right now, this time of year. I don't. You something mean like in baseball, rake. he was raking some line drives? Or? <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Let's talk. Let's yeah. get going here. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, again, if you're just joining us, um, reported yesterday, uh, NHL insider Pierre Lebrun, um, that he has informed the Winnipeg Jets uh, that he has no intention of signing a long-term deal with with the organization. He's also not uh, intending to sign a one-year bridge deal that would take him to UFA status. He wants to be traded this offseason. He wants to be moved. Um, and so I asked for some text messages, your guys' thoughts on this, and we'll, we'll, Jim, we'll just we'll go through a couple of these. Let him um, roll. 204-780-6868. Hey, Jim, hey, Cam, uh, send Dubois to Philly for Travis Konechny. He can get back together with his old buddy Torts. Um, this one, this texture says, are we actually surprised by this? Good riddance. Uh, this one says, Dubois is like my parents are smothering me. I got to get out of here, of course, Eric Dubois. His dad is um, uh, the uh, assistant coach with the Manitoba Moose and was spent some time um, while Brad Lauer was dealing with some back issues. The assistant coach of the Winnipeg Jets. He spent some time as as sort of a, a fill-in so coach So this is well. the thing. I, I think that's kind of an issue too, right? You, yeah. you have your dad who's an employee with the organization, a longtime employee, yeah. and you have your son who, who is also an employee to an extent and doesn't want to be here. Yeah. But then the longer I think about it, like, I mean – my dad might want me to work with him. He might not want me to like, like this is his son's decision. Right. Yeah. And I think that as a father, you're definitely talking to your son about this, but if your son tells you, I just, I'd rather choose where I get to go. Dubois and Ken Weeb has this in his Sportsnet article. Dubois spoke about this at the end of this season where he literally said about the freedom to choose. Yeah. They tell you everywhere you have to go. And that, that's not a bad thing. He didn't reference it. It is look, I've been in Columbus, Winnipeg, and now I want to, 
But that's part of free agency that's lost in the money is that the freedom to say, this is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And, and he's always spoken to that even two years ago when he's like, I informed them that I'm not willing to sign long-term because I want to go to free agency. And I said at the time, that's what you play seven years for yeah. is to, and you play in the minors and you play in the show and you get traded and you go places and it's all designed around like part of the free agent is choosing where you want to go. Yeah, that's a big part of this. And he, he said that several times. He even said it uh, last year after he took the qualifying offer for $6 million bucks. He, he said as much in that conversation as well. This one, James and Morden, every time PLD had a good game that impressed me, the next two games were the exact opposite. Guy has zero loyalty, and I'm glad we will finally rid ourselves of someone who does not want to be here. That one from James. Ouch. Uh, my thoughts, depressing, this texture says. Are we even going to have a team in Winnipeg in the future? Sad face. No, I, I, I don't think. I. That's the that's the whole situation about this, right, Jim? Is there's a lot of unease because everybody's seeing Mark Shifley potentially traded, Connor Hallibuck potentially traded. What's the situation going to be around Blake Wheeler? Is he going to be bought out? Is he going to be traded? Are the Jets going to, you know? have salary retention. I think there's a lot of options on the table, regardless of what you think the organization is going to do. And then you see a guy like Pierre-Luc Dubois, who the team, I believe, and we had Darren Drager on the show not too long ago saying that they were going to try to move heaven and earth to keep Pierre-Luc Dubois here in Winnipeg. That obviously hasn't worked. You see him on his way out. And I think a lot of people then look at that and saying, and because there's there's a fear of the unknown here. Nobody knows what the potential return is going to be for all these players. But I would say, Jim, and that this could stabilize the team. Moving these bodies out and the returns you get, it potentially maybe it will won't make the team better this year, but maybe it'll make it the team better this, next year. Well, I, and maybe the team next year, in a way, could be a better team. These, these 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 things are all up in the air because we don't really know what's going to happen. So when people say to me like, "Why aren't they blowing it up?" Well, I've we've gone over this over and over again. You have two to three years here with Kyle Connor, Josh Morrissey, uh, Nick Ehlers, um, and then I, I've been on this bandwagon or whatever it is. It's just my opinion for months now. But you're not trading high end pro- talent for prospects. And yeah. and so when the news that Elliot Friedman had last week that they're not looking to rebuild and people were were upset about that and stuff, I'm like, you're. What do you think happens with Kyle Connor, Nick Ehlers, Josh Morrissey if you begin a rebuild now and their contracts are up in two and three years? They're going to be the next ones who want out. This to me is hockey deals. This to me is what you bring back. And and to be honest with you, Cam, this is needed. Yes, like it is. I know you're trading for high end players. But this is needed. This this is this is the time, given what we've been through and how I, you know, the culture and everything else, it needs to be changed. It yep. needs to be refreshed. It needs to be handed over to Josh Morrissey, Adam Lowry. So th- the fact that this is happening, I think, is a positive thing. Um, so I and and again, you're not you're not getting a, two first round picks and a prospect for Pierre Luc Dubois. Yeah. You're not getting a first and a third and a prospect for Mark Shifley. You're going to get players that are going to be in the lineup next year. And you have to look no further than the team that's up 2 nothing in the Stanley Cup final that, say, Vegas's Jack Eichel is the Jets' Kyle Connor, mm-hmm. And say Mark Stone, and don't tell me that Mark Stone isn't the same player as Ehlers. I'm just saying skill-wise yeah. is Nick Ehlers. And then you bring in a goalie, and you got Josh Morrissey as your defenseman and stuff. It, 
there's a team that's two games away from winning the Stanley Cup final with a bunch of guys that are grinder role player, skill role players. So I don't, Aiden, I'm not saying just Jim, grinders. They Aiden, have skill. Aiden Hill in net, Brent, who's, who's been pretty damn good. Howden is having a playoff of his life, and he's been traded around. Yeah, he is. And, and he's found a home in a system that works. This idea that you're going to trade three or four high-end guys, high-end top 20 NHL players, minus Wheeler, who's not a top you know, 20 to 50 anymore, in my mm. opinion. Um, and you're going to get just futures back is ridiculous to me. Yeah. And, and that's not what the Winnipeg Jets are going to be targeting. They want now, players. Now, what that they is, is options. interesting. So I, I get it. Look, this is another player saying, I don't want to be here. And I, I get it. It's a, it's, it's a slap in the face, kick in the junk, whatever you want to, to us Manitobans. Yeah. But I'm not surprised. It's the toughest job in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And there's no, the next one is in Edmonton, except there's no Connor McDavid here. There's no Leon Dreisaitl here. Yeah. There's some really good players, but it is what it is. But I'm fascinated by this. And, and Pagnotta just said that, like the push to keep him was large and heavy and it just wasn't reciprocated. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the problem. And the vice problem of that is the ones, the times that it was reciprocated, those guys have to go now. The guys that re-upped here for six yeah. and eight years and and two of them at six, Shifley and Hellebuck, one of them at eight in, in Wheeler, it's time to go. These are I big, think on yeah. the ice and off the ice, it's time to go. But also, they're here and this culture is because how what's going on with Dubois. Yeah. And it's 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 so wide open, Jim, because of how big these guys have been a part of this organization. Now, Pierre-Luc Dubois hasn't been around that long. But the guy that he was traded for, Patrick Laine, he's always going to be attached to him in yep. the minds of Winnipeg Jets fans. But that's a prime example. You traded the second overall pick and got the fourth overall pick back. Third. He was third. Third, third yeah. overall pick. Sorry. Yeah. What makes you think you're trading him again and not getting anything back? Well, that's the point. And yeah, you're going to get a lot back. Pierre-Luc Dubois is not a point-per-game player yet, but I think most people will believe that he will be. He's still 20. He's still a young guy. I saw a lot of people throw around 63 points. He's a 60-point guy. He is not. He's a 63-point guy in 73 games. The one thing that I'm wondering is how much he's actually going to get on the open market. If Montreal is the place that he is going to land, and that's at the top of his list, and that's where he wants to go. Right. You, I, you I have Nick, still buy that. You have Nick Suzuki at 7.875, right? The captain. You have Cole Caulfield just signing for seven, eight, five million dollars. If Montreal knows that Pierre Luc Dubois only wants to go to Montreal, or that it's very, very close to the top of his list, regardless of other options, why would Montreal say, "Oh, we're going to give you eight and a half and a seven-year deal"? No, they're going to say we're going to put you around our captain if you want to join here. It might happen, but I would honestly be stunned if you just signed Suzuki and Caulfield to seven and six. And all of a sudden, you bring in a free agent at nine or, I, I don't, or, or eight and a half. I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening. I think Montreal kicks the tires and go here six and a half over seven, eight years, which is still decent money. But I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what he's asking for. But, but the Jets, I know, would have upped the ante here. The, I, I just, I'm so confused at how this whole negotiation and how these contracts with Pierre Luc Dubois has been handled. I, I, I don't understand the negotiation tactics here. He gets a trade out of Columbus, wants a trade out of Columbus, comes to Winnipeg, doesn't want to sign long-term. He gets, you know, his agent goes out and says he wants to go to Montreal. That's a place he wants to go. Uh, it, it, 
I, I'm not sure yeah, how, Cam, why this is let's all Let's talk happened. about that. Yeah. It, ask me where I want to play in the NFL. I'll tell you the Bears. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've always wanted to play for the Chicago Bears. Have you? Yes. How close did you but get? But if somebody calls How me tomorrow and says, to? do you want to play for Green Bay? I'd be like, no, what? No, I'll be I'll be like, okay, what's the cost? <laughs> yeah. Like, I get he wants to go to Montreal, but we have to look no further than Matthew Kachuk, who was signed, sealed, and delivered to St. Louis. Born there, raised there. The Blues want him, and he goes to Florida, and he's happier than ever. I just don't think this is going to happen in Montreal as much as he wants to go there. I think they'll be in it, and I yeah. think they'll be sto- talking but if the Rangers want him and he wants to go, you're telling me Pierre-Luc Dubois would say no to the Rangers if they bring up, come up with $8 million a year? Which is a lot more possible in New York than it is in Montreal. I, and whoever's in his family or his circle or his partner and says, I know we want to go to Montreal, but what do you think of New York City for the next eight years at eight mil? Yeah. Or seven mil. So, And I just think there's a lot of chips there that New York can move. Um, and have to uh, because of the cap and everything else and some young... So I just... Montreal's up Montre- against the cap, If you too, tell Jim. me he's going to five teams right now, I'll I'll buy Montreal's one of them in there for sure. Yeah. If you tell me he's going to Montreal and it has to be a deal with them, I don't buy that. Yeah. I, I think there's other options on the table. I think there is. But I think if, if Montreal is his destination, by making it over the last two years and... It, just it seemed like it's there's only the more, a laser the focus. More we talk it's, about it's it, done nothing but hurt. They're but not going to pay him two million dollars more than their captain Suzuki. No, they're not. It's not going to happen. So he, if he's going to go there, he's going to have to take a hit. He'll have to put leave money on the table. Well, but, and then, and then he really wanted choice. to go there. Right? That's his choice. If right? instead of getting seven and a half somewhere else, he takes seven or six, then he really wanted to go there. Yeah. Just the same as I'm sure the Jets pushed in here. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the Jets said, "Look, if if you're making six and you want to sign for eight years, I'm pretty sure the Jets say, here's eight. Yeah. So, but again, if he doesn't want to be here, but I just don't think it's limited to Montreal, and I don't think there's not a return coming here. Yeah. No, definitely not. No. But I- but Brisson's interesting. Like, I looked it up. He's got 20 contracts that are centers. <laughs> and the centers are our Cole Caulfield, by the way, who just yeah. got the deal in Montreal. But they include Nathan McKinnon. Sidney Crosby or his other clients. Jonathan Tavares is eleven million in Toronto. Is Pat Brisson? Um, he's got. I a, mean, he's got. A, he's got a big list of clients. He's got a twenty centers in the league, and they are all big name. Well, most of them are big Jason name. Rob, Jason, Jason Robertson. Robertson's one of his yeah. clients. He just signed that four year, I think, seven point something deal. So that, that was might, a that might be what he's doing. He might James be saying Neal. he might be saying you'll be thirty one after a four year deal, and you're going to make thirty five million dollars. Do you want to go to free agency again and and go here for now? And so I just think the options are out there. They're endless. I know it's disappointing to Jets fans, though, but this isn't a shock to me. Yeah. It it just, it's Winnipeg. and But I I think that this is what's lost in all these conversations of losing, the doom and gloom of losing four key pieces is I think it's welcome. I think it's needed. And if they do move them, they're going to get some good stuff back and see where they're at. You know what this is also going to do, Jim? Uh, and, and I think the team has probably known this for a lot longer than the public has known it. That's for sure. Um, but I, I think it's forcing this, forcing the hand a little bit that, listen, I, and I don't know what was going to happen. Of course, we'll never really know. But the status quo, I, I don't think there was much appetite amongst the fan base for that. And this is kind of pushing things in the direction that there is going to be changes here with the Winnipeg Jets. Let's take a break. On the other side, we'll get to more of your text messages, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. How does this affect Mark Shifley? 
Does the Winnipeg Jets want to lose both of their top centers? Well, you brought centers? that up to me today, and we'll talk about this right out of it. It's a good question. If they, if Dubois is going, do they consider keeping him? I, I don't think so. I He's in the same – they would do the same thing they did with Dubois. How much would it take? What do you want? And then they'll they'll even if they want him back and, and see him as a piece, they have to consider paying that. Like I think there's a lot – I think he's in the same boat as Dubois. I think whatever he's asking for, whether he wants – but you're right. Like that's the first ever old draft pick. I just I don't I don't see a scenario where he's back. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on six eight CJOB. Great text here. Yeah. Cheval Dayoff's going to show us what he's worth this summer. We have the assets to trade for solid talent and achieve a new identity for our team. I I couldn't agree more. Like this yeah. is he's going to earn his money this summer. He's got he's got some work ahead of him. But the team needs a new identity, Jim. New identity, and you're not trading low end assets. You're trading high end wanted commodities, mm-hmm. and so you're. That's a great text. It's it's a big job, but it's a job that isn't as difficult in my mind. That it well, it's difficult, but I think you're trading prospect. You're going to get something in return. What he gets is going to be fascinating. You know, in terms of, and we were talking about that before we went out to the break. In terms of Mark Shifley, how does this affect? the situation with Pierre-Luc Dubois. How does it affect Mark Shifley? Are the Winnipeg Jets going to want to lose uh, their 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 center, the guy that was on the stage uh, when they pronounced that the Winnipeg Jets will be the Winnipeg Jets? Um, there's emotion attached to this, and, and it reminds me of a, of, a, of a quote from Lou Lamarillo, of course, general manager of the New York Islanders recently, about 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 Josh Bailey, a longtime member uh, uh, of, the, of the New York Islanders, and this was his quote. Loyalty will never get in the way of impeding progress or making whatever decisions I have a responsibility to make. Never. In Josh's case, it looks like maybe it's near the end here. In our situation, Josh and I have, I think, a man-to-man relationship as far as honesty, and we will work with him, whatever, to help him. But my priority is doing what's best for the team, end quote. That's Lou Lamarillo. It's the Bill Belichick dispassionate loyalty. Yeah. And I think they've been very loyal and I think they have to be more loyal than other organizations in order to retain their talent. No doubt. Given the market and everything like that. But there's a, there's, there's even a, as much as you have to do that, there comes a point as well that, and I know a lot of it's being forced because of the contracts and I get that, but I, I think this team, given what I was saying, whether their contracts are due or not, this has been five years since 2018. Mm-hmm. It's just not, it's not working. It's not working and anymore. And I, I fully, I'm fully in on the five-year, make it, try to augment it, make it go, but it hasn't. So it's time that you add in the contracts and everything else. It's just time. And I'm, I'm fascinated by this summer. I really am. Jim Toth is going to take you all the way until three o'clock. Thank you very much for the gang for producing the show today. Always appreciate it. That's Always it. Always appreciate it. Oh, that's it for me. I'll be back. Same time tomorrow with, hey, crazier news. No, I can't promise tomorrow. that. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Bye. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.